This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And welcome to a playoff edition of Spits and Suds 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. We need to get a little business out first. Craig, earlier in the week, you appeared on Sean and RJ and some... Shots were thrown to the outside world about your partner, Gavin Spittle. Well, you're definitely on the outside of the world. <laughs> so yesterday I was on G-Bag Nation, our afternoon show, and I chirped back. So the question is, should we end this by dropping the mitts? I feel like that's what happens in hockey. I figured that if you wanted to actually have a chance at ending it, you'd probably want to play a little tennis or chess or checkers <laughs> or something like that. So if you want to go that route, I'm fine. With you it. know, Craig, I don't, I I don't mean, want to go to, I don't want to go to prison. So. You, know, you know, listen, chess, I can accept tennis. No, that is a hard sport, Craig. That is a well, really... you're the you're the, the the resident champion. Apparently <laughs> you turned it into like this, that I was like mixed doubles or you no, know, I I was a yeah I was a collegiate athlete yeah yeah I think when you're talking mixed doubles somebody must have been talking about your relationship or something <laughs> like that because I wasn't talking about tennis <laughs> you you know you're not going to win this so I think you should just move on all right fine we'll talk hockey jeez no yeah, there's mean... something going on there isn't there <laughs> for the first time since the 20s back to back one to nothings that's amazing um, but. You know, I mean, I think well, I wanted to ask you with your eyes as a former player, is this good defense? Is it not great hockey? Is it the physicality? What are you seeing after two games? Um, as a group, what I see is buy-in. Uh, I see that the coaching staff of the Dallas Stars has said, I think you always look at your opponent and – what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Um, what gives us the best opportunity not to just win one game? I mean, that's not your mindset. You're, you're trying to find a way to win four out of seven. And so how do we, the one thing you don't want to do 
and when you look at the Calgary Flames, I think, and you, you look at what they did during the season, uh, you look at their strengths and weaknesses, uh, you look at the depth that that team has up and down their lineup, and you have to you have to have a mentality of you're you're not going to take a knife to a gunfight. That would be stupid. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to limit quality scoring chances um, from their opponent. And yes, at times that limits chances from, from your own team, uh, being able to try to open it up a little bit. You're playing on their turf the first two games. You don't have last change. And, you know, with the exception of the power play goal, well, we know that there's only been one goal scored by Calgary, but exception of that power play goal, how many high high danger and and again that that top line is probably always dangerous Goudreau, Lindholm and Kachuk but how many really quality high danger chances have they really gotten that that Jake Ottinger has you know just had to be acrobatic and make unbelievable save after save the one thing if I'm Sutter the, the coach for Calgary watching a little bit closer last night to me my team, if I'm the Calgary Flame, is a little bit on the perimeter. And and I, I don't mean that they're not getting to the front of the net, but there's not a lot of traffic in front of Jake. Yeah. Uh, to, 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 the, to the limit that I think that that team has really uh, been part of their identity. So I would look that if they're looking back on their film of that game last night, even the, the game one, it is having more bodies more chaos around the front of, of a young goaltender and make it a little bit more difficult. There, there, I remember particular there was one last night where Tyler Toffoli had a shot and it came across the ice and Toffoli's right hand and he had a one-timer and Jake was sent, was there waiting for it. And, and that just means that he was able to, to watch the puck, read the play fairly clearly all the way through instead of having a Lucic or, you know, one of their bigger guys, standing in front of them, Kachuk standing in front of them or Backlund, those kind of guys standing right in front of Ottinger, right on the top of the crease um, and, and making it more difficult for him to see the puck and see the passes. So, and, you know, from Dallas, I, I know there's people that are going to say that they put the puck in all the time. And, but what they're doing is they're playing a territorial game and, and the lesser of two evils is let's spend more time and, in that zone than, than our zone, because, you know, they're, they're hundred feet away from our own net. And so, you know, up to this point, it, it's working. They, I, I think what you're, you're not gonna, this isn't Florida. This isn't Colorado. That's playing against Calgary there. They have to play, I guess what you want to call it is a low event kind of game. And they're not going to exchange chances because they don't feel that that's going to be beneficial to them at the end of the night. So can it be boring at times? Oh yeah, it can. I mean, and, and we're used to watching, you know, if you flipped over back and forth last night, you watch the Calgary team or you, you watch the, the Florida team, you watch the Rangers team, you know, they're in Pittsburgh, that game, there's chances back and forth, back and forth. And it's not a game that I think Dallas feels comfortable in playing. And so, and at the end of the day, it's hard to argue with them because they went into a building where a team is really good at home. They're a really good road team also. You know, they're, they're, you know, uh, almost as good at on the road as they were at home. So it's not going to be an easy game by any means for Dallas when they get home. But they're saying this is the best chance for us to, to steal a game. And it's exactly what they did. So 
we know Dallas has been a really good home team. We know Dallas has got a really good power play at home. Um, you know, they still have to find a way to score a power play guy. You know, they probably had what seven, eight opportunities or whatever it may be um, on their power play. I, I believe that they still have to score. Um, but again, it, it's kind of the same old, same old, isn't it? I mean, we, who scored the goal last night? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not counting the empty netter. So no. those guys, that line, along with a couple defensemen are, are dangerous players on the power play. So I would think that Dallas says, Let, let's get a game. We have home ice advantage now. Now we get last change. Are they going to change anything? You know, I don't think, I don't think Sutter really gives, gives a shit what he does with his forwards up front. He seems to match more defensemen against lines. So I don't know if that's really going to bother them uh, as a road team. Um, so, and again, from, from a line standpoint, now, now it's an advantage for Rick bonus and the stars. Yeah. Have in playing and then watching hockey, I think Joe, Joe Pavelski is one of the best with his stick as far as tips. Oh, that's an understatement. I mean, just, (laughs) just the, just the, I mean, the angle in which, I mean, it's not like that puck was in straight air. I mean, you, you know, usually, you know, you tip, if you're going to tip, you know, the pucks in the air, but I mean, for him to, to do that and the angle in which it changed. Wow. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to go to a stars practice, but Joe Pavelski works hard Stepped into the NHL since he stepped in. Now here's a veteran that's been around for what, 15, 16, 17 years now. And to this day, he still goes out and takes hundred, 150 shots from a defenseman in front of the net before practices, during practices, just him in the net, that's it. And there's a reason he's the best in the game with what you just said. I mean, he can tip pucks. He can deflect pucks from anywhere. He has a nose for the net. He knows exactly where that four by six is. He does his homework when you watch Markstrom being a, you know, obviously a big goaltender that can go down. And that particular one that he scored on last night, don't think that he didn't know in, in, you know, in the heat of that play, going to the net, who's coming at me, um, knowing exactly where he was on the ice and knowing exactly what Markstrom does, just like goaltenders that have a book on every player that's taken the shootout, um, you know, when it, it gets in regular season and they've got that circus event still going on. And so they know what every shooter's tendencies are. So these guys, especially Pavelski, knows exactly the tendencies of the goalies that they play against. And he goes down a lot, which he should. He's a big goaltender. He can go down, and his shoulders almost still seem to be at crossbar height. And he, he was going short side with it, and he got it up in the air. And like I said, he tips pucks every single day, so he knows the, the angle that his stick has to be at in order to make sure he doesn't miss the net. Worst-case scenario, it's probably going to hit the goaltender high, um, and it's an opportunity maybe for a rebound. But very rarely do you see Joe tip a puck over the net. But as a former defenseman, how controlling can it be? I mean, if you're taking 150 pucks a day. If Craig Ludwig's shooting, you know, he's got to be close to the proximity of the slap shot or the wrist shot. I mean, that, that to me, inevitably would be, you know, three or four of them, you know, you're going to take it in the shin too. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, there, there's nothing perfect about it. But all I'm saying is he knows exactly where he is. And, and then on that particular play, I mean, again, and, and it's, it's a case of, of the guys that are playing with him that knows what his strengths are. Like Robertson put that puck in the perfect spot that he could do that. And, he, and I believe that he knew that Joe, there's no way Joe was going to handle that puck. 
yeah, it was a pass, but again, what is, what is his strengths? And, and if you're looking, and again, I go back to <clears throat> my own philosophy when I was, when I was playing and, you know, they put the lineups and I said this before, they put the lineups on the board of the opposing team that's up there every night for these guys to look at. And so you go through your head, what is this player's strength? All 12 forwards, what are their strengths? You know that in your mind. So when you're playing against them, that, and they, they've got certain players that play against certain players. And you know that Joe Pavelski's strength, when he gets within five, six feet of that net, is he can get his stick on everything. So what you do, you don't, it's not necessarily about body position with him as much as it is getting his stick. You have to get yourself in a position that you can get to his stick and get it up off of the ice. And if you do the timing right, you can literally lift that stick up over his head. And because Joe, you know, Joe's not 6'4", 235 pounds, you know, but he's still a strong guy for his size. And, but, and he's got leverage, but again, he's been doing this, you know, like I said, his whole career. So he knows how to play against certain kinds of defensemen. He doesn't necessarily always, even when you him, see him standing in front of the net, he doesn't take his stick if he's facing with his back to the goaltender waiting for a defenseman to get it to the net. He doesn't put his stick on the ice. He keeps it loose. He just, yeah. he kind of reads off of where the defenseman or the forward, who's ever shooting the puck, where it's going to be. He's, he's able to react to his backhand side, to his forehand side, high, low on the ice. And so he keeps a stick in a spot where a defenseman can't do what I just talked about. He doesn't make it easy for a defenseman to, to get that stick. And as a defenseman, you really don't even want to engage with them until the shot's taken. You, and, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, defensemen will go underneath the stick and they'll try to get it up in the air. Well, now I think the advantage now becomes the offensive player. It's got to be more a timing thing. And as soon as the shot comes, you know what side the stick has got to go to by where the puck is going to be. Now you try to react to it. But again, he, there's no question he's the best in the game as far as tipping pucks in front of the net. Let's talk about John Klingberg. You're listening to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. After game one, John Klingberg had some thoughts on the way in which the gloves were dropped, so to speak. And then on the first shift, Mr. Kachuk came after Mr. Klingberg. A couple of things. I think the refs were distracted based on the shot after the whistle by Gaudreau, and they didn't want it to get out of control. I don't think they saw the proximity of which Kachuk came and didn't even address what was happening with Johnny Gaudreau, just basically took that as an opportunity and beeline toward John Klingberg. I thought it should have been two on Kachuk. I didn't think Klingberg, you know, did that much to draw a roughing penalty. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, I think, I think obviously something was going on. They were distracted. And, uh, but I'm going to give a lot of credit. I mean, I think John Klingberg sticking up for himself, and I think that's awesome, and it shows kind of team leadership. Um, I personally would like to see someone else step in so that John Klingberg's not, you know, having to do this, you know, dropping the gloves in two straight games. It would be nice to have someone else step up and maybe not even, you know, uh, Jamie Benn. I, I liked what Raffle did and, you know, matching punch for punch. So I think that's... You know, that's good, but it would have been nice on that one, you know, if someone else had grabbed and it happened so fast and maybe that's the circumstance. But, I mean, you know, Craig, talk about as a former player, do these instances where, you know, you're getting pushed around and you're pushed back, you know, how close does the room become when those things happen? It comes a lot closer when it's the guys like Klingberg 
than it is like a Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben, they've seen do it over and over. They know who Jamie is. They know what that's part of his uh, calling card. Um, it's one of the reasons he's in the league. But when when it's a player that steps out of character, and and really you take it for this guy is giving us everything that he possibly can to help us win the game. And we don't expect that out of him. And, and, and so it's important for guys to do that. Now, you know, going back to the way it originally started, uh, I, I, a lot of it had to do with the press conference, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, Klinger knew who he was fighting. I mean, he knew he was fighting another, another Swede. I mean, yeah. I even said, when two Swedes fight each other, is it really called a fight? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's really called a fight. I, More I don't of a think dance? No, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, you know, so that happened, right? And then Klinger says he didn't know that, you know, the second fight, you're, you're booted out, whatever. But what he did is he took two power play specialist people left the game. So it had an effect on the game both ways, no question. But... And then I think it came out in the press conference. And, and I think what happened to Klinger, and he didn't know what question. I mean, he knew that was going to be addressed, of course, but he didn't think it through. And, and I think when he said, you know, we're going to target him or we're going after him, it was the right thing for, for Kachuk to do. You know, he said, oh, are you? So, oh, so you're going to go after him. So if you're going to go after our best player, we're going to go after your best player or one of the best players. And Dallas has, everybody knows Dallas has a good group of five when they get out on the power play. And he, whether you agree or not, John Klingberg's a quarterback. Absolutely. And so we're going to make it difficult on their quarterback. So for one game, they took him out of the game. And for another game, Kachuk comes out. And I agree with you. There's no question that was an insider. It could have been two and four, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but again, it happened. Nobody saw it. Kachuk's not a fighter. So it was probably, the, it's a good thing it wasn't like a Lucic or, you know, oh. Trevor Lewis or even Brett Ritchie. You know, it was Kachuk and that's their captain. That's, that's what he does. He said, okay, so you want to, you want to, you know, pick up one of our guys and then we'll just go after you. And, and that's been, you know, there's been a philosophy a long time. Like if, if there's going to be a fight and there's things that go on in games, <clears throat> it doesn't have to be the so-called tough guys going fighting a tough guy there's a lot of times that players will skate by the bench and say oh really well we're going to go after Hull we're going after Madonna we're going after Sagan we're going to go get Robertson and Hintz you want to run a couple of our guys we don't we're not going to run your fourth line guys we're going after your top guys and let me tell you there's times when those top guys kind of look down the bench and go hey dude will you quit running their guys like I don't want to be a target I don't want to target on my pass I'm not yeah. doing that so it has an effect on a game so I don't know. Even, I found these results on search. This is kind of crazy. I have one of them Google things here. <laughs> and I can I can literally not say the word Google or whatever you're supposed to say. And it will randomly all of a sudden just start uh, talking. It happens during a game. I thought we were about say, to meet your I have lady. no information on that. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even talking to you. So, But anyway, um, <clears throat> it has an effect on the player. And it has an effect on the game. It sets a tone. I mean, the tone has been set for this series. And... Really? I'm wondering if if Daryl Sutter is saying this isn't the way that we wanted to play against these guys. If we just play our game, and yes, they've got a line that when they play against, you know, teams that if they played against St. Louis or even Minnesota, the way that 
Billy Garen has built that team. That's Calgary's ready to play against that team. And I don't think they expect that out of Dallas. And I, I said this coming in, I, I figured Jamie Ben was going to be the busiest guy in here. I haven't noticed Jamie Ben. I haven't now, either. And I, and I don't want to make that negative, but it kind of is negative because I'm going to say that if Dallas is going to, you know, find a way to win this series, we're going to need to see something out of Jamie and Tyler. Yep. And I know people have been saying that for a long time, but Jamie, the last time the playoffs came around, he had a big effect on why this team went to the, to the finals. Again, I know he's a couple of years older and all this other kind of stuff, but, but you're going to need more. We knew going in there, there need to be some more to more people on, on the star side to start tugging on the rope to, you know, you can't just, and it's been like this all year though. There's right. been one line. There's been three guys. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. It's, it's not ironic, but I mean, the other weapon that they have had besides the goaltender um, has been their power play, but the same three guys are on the power play. So, you know, and, and what they've done is they said, and they recognize that they all know that it, there, there's no secrets in this game. And so um, again, it's to me, the big, and it's not a surprise, but, but the nicest thing, the impressive thing that's come out of this for me has been Jake Ottinger. I mean, he has been rock solid. Uh, the one goal that they scored on the power play, in my opinion, that should have never happened. They they do that. They use that play on their power play, five on five. They yeah. use that play all year long. Capitals and, do a good job with that, too. There, so many people are concentrating on Ovechkin every once in a while to throw it to Oshie in the middle. Yeah, and and they got they have Carlson. They've got yeah, Washington's yeah. got like three weapons. But that's a set play. And you, those are, those are plays that, that you point out going into the playoffs. I mean, you have a book of everything that this team does offensive zone, defensive zone, power play, penalty kill. I mean, that's, that's, those are the three days prior to playoffs that, that coaching staffs are doing. So to me, there's a missed assignment of a way there, although you have to give credit, you know, to the play itself and, and, and to Lindholm that score. Lindholm's a, <laughs> Lindholm's going to win some, some yeah. Southeast even he he's a hell of a player he is um but anyway they they've accomplished what they needed to accomplish i mean they have played two games where no they weren't in i mean you can't not a lot of games you're going to win if you only get two periods with three shots you know only so they were they were better and and even speaking of Klingberg, that play developed last night that goal because he decided to go in in the yeah. offensive zone and forecheck there yeah. was a there was a defenseman that didn't expect that like this is a defenseman puts the puck puck goes in deep i'm going back to get it and next thing i know thinking that every time because what seven eight times out of ten if it's a defenseman that's up on an offensive blue line when a puck goes in he doesn't go in forecheck but this defenseman is startled a little bit puck goes around the wall ultimately ends up on robertson's tape pavelsi goes to the net and there's your game winner yeah and you mentioned raffle before you know, there, there's a reason that general managers at times go out and pick up certain players. And it's not always because of you go back to the previous time, the last time you were in the playoffs and go, what do we need next year to get through this round, this round, this round. And, and all year, I think, and I know there's been some people that what does Roffle do? What does Glenn Denning do? This is what they do. They play in the playoffs mm -hmm. and they know what their roles are. Rafa, even though it was anything that goal, his speed last night to, to be able to, you know, get to that puck, put it in an empty net. That's a big goal. Sure. Uh, you know, huge. You're, you're not I mean, getting... I thought, I thought probably the last six or seven minutes, Calgary was 
you know, pretty much dominating. I mean, the stars were just trying to clear it. So oh, I, that's who they are. Yeah. I mean, the game one was two thirds of the game was like that. Yeah. But again, I, I, it'll be interesting for me to see tomorrow night. Um, if they find, if there's a little bit different net presence from, from Calgary, because again, that top line, the, even that top line, who's there, you know, those guys had 300 points this year combined. I mean, they're number one in the league total points between the three of them next Dallas was 230. I think it was. So um, it just tells you what they can do offensively. But a lot of that had to do with Kachuk being in front of the net. And, yeah. and, and just there, there's a shit show that goes on when, when that guy's at the net. And I haven't, for whatever reason, I haven't seen as, that's what I expected. I expected more of a battle of the defenseman for the stars versus the forwards uh, and not, not on entries, not on entries as much. Um, it's just the, the compete level in front of the net and being able to box out and, and help out Ottinger so he can see pucks and make the first save only. And after that, it, it's up to, you know, the guys in front. I, I would think if I'm the stars, I'm expecting that adjustment from Sutter because that's the style that he likes. That's not something that would be new to Calgary at this point. I mean, and you know, but I'm interested. All right. So you get back to your barn, the AAC tomorrow night, kind of a late game, but you know, it's going to be rocking. And my question is, as a former player, what changes? Well, the, the only thing for me that changes is how the coaching staff wants to if match up if they want to match up. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, it's it's a tough matchup because look at game one. Who was out there in the last 45 seconds of the game protecting a 1-0 lead for Calgary? It was their top line. Mm-hmm. Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. We don't see, typically, you don't see the offensive top line from other teams being those that crew. So Sutter has said to them, you guys want ice time? This is what you've got to do. He, that's his MO. If you're going to play both both ends of the ring. Right. You're not going to, we're not going to be a one-dimensional player, one-dimensional team. It's the reason Johnny Goudreau, five-on-five, was like plus 60-something this year. Five-on-five. So it tells you that they've got that confidence. So to answer your question, if, if you want to say, okay, so they went the Goudreau-Lindholm-Kachuk line against our Pavelski line. Well, if you want to get away from that and try to get away from it, they're going to have the guys that is their checking line, I believe. And that's the, the Coleman line, Coleman, Yarncroak, and Dubé. And then all of a sudden, if, if that's not the one, you can come back with the uh, Michael Backlund line. He's another great yeah. defensive centerman. And then they've got a 30-goal scorer in Manjapani on that line. And Tyler Toffoli, that setter, made sure he went out and grabbed him from Montreal early in the year because he won two Stanley Cups with them in L.A. So I, I don't know <clears throat> from a standpoint of I, I just think that they're not going to care. Uh, if I'm Rick Bonus, I'm going to say, you know what? They're not going to care. They, 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 they played this way all year. They, they put their offensive top offensive line out there the last minute of the game. They put them on the power play. They match them up against top lines. So then I think that you're going in here and you're saying our best chance to win hockey games is the way that we're playing, but our other best chance for offense is our top line. So I would be having the Pavelski line starting every single, not every single, but as many offensive zone face-offs as he can, as long as they're fresh and they've got some gas in the tank. And, and then I think you find ways to, to, 
get other guys out there. I, I think if you have a, my opinion is if you got one player on that line, let's just say it's, it's Robertson had a long shift, put Tyler Sagan up there, put Jamie Ben up there. That th those, those are your offensive weapons. You've got that last change. And, you know, and again, I, I, I think the defenseman all year long, or yeah, well, six, since Rick has been here, uh, the coaching staff, they've really preached on getting the defense involved in the offense. And um, they have. My, my thing is, is I, I haven't liked their decisions at times when they have gotten involved. Um, and I'm not really a big fan of man on man in the defensive zone. And that seemed to change a little bit last night. There was a lot of help back there. Um, and defensemen were where they were supposed to be. Now, was that a change that they made? I don't know. But um, they're, you know, Calgary's going to get their outnumbered rushes. They're going to get two on ones. They're going to get three on twos. You have to play them right. You have to play them to make sure that passes aren't going from one side of the, the ice to the other side. They call it the Royal Road in front of the net. It can't go across the crease. And I think as long as you play that right, and when a, when a forward comes down Ottinger's right-hand side, mm -hmm. and it's a two-on-one or a three-on-two, you got to do your best to keep the puck on that half of the ice. Don't make your goaltender go from one side to the other because he has to adjust. So if you play him right, you know, you're, you're going to give something up. But now the, the goaltender has the confidence to say, I trust my defenseman or my D and my forward who's ever coming back that it is not when I get down below the faceoff dots, I'm going to come out and challenge and I'm going to cut down the angle. And I'm not going to because I have the confidence that my who's ever playing in front of me is not going to let that puck go across. Now you cut the angle down advantage goaltender. So but but again, I, I think that I think you have to trot out the guys that give you the best chance to score a couple goals. You know, get get a two goal lead. It'd be I mean, both teams would love to have a two goal lead. Sure, and, sure. And we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's two time Stanley Cup champion, former Dallas star Craig Ludwig. I mentioned on the air yesterday, Craig. It's not a popular opinion. We have talked about this on the podcast. Merrill Haskinen is a Terrific player. I think he's a great player. But I just, I'm not seeing the evolution as far as that next step where it's you like. You want more. Yes. You want more. I said the same thing. And I expected more this year from him. Yeah. Now, again, we got to remember, and I, I said this to you a few, couple weeks ago. Did What did he have? Mono or something like yeah. that too? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a lot of it. Uh, you can call them excuses if you want, but there's a lot of reasons for a lot of players, you know, in the last couple of years. Uh, but I agree with you. Um, but Miro, there's no question the ceiling is so high for him. And I think maybe this is the year that they wanted him to do more. They talked to him about doing more. And again, I have no knowledge whatsoever. Well, that's obvious. But, but they, I, I think that maybe that he feels the pressure that, you know, I need yeah. to do more. Maybe with the and, new contract. I, what's that? Probably with the new contract as well. Well, of course. There, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things. And again, you know, th there's great players. I mean, there's not the, the Kale McCars. There's not a duplicate to him, right, in Calgary that are in uh, Colorado. That He's a special player. The Fox kid is a special player. The Hughes kid in, in uh, Vancouver. Those are, those are, there's some special defensemen in yeah. this league. Yeah. Miro, yeah. to me, has got to be more of a Nick Lidstrom. He's got to be a more rounded <clears throat> kind of defenseman and don't expect him to do Makar kind of things. That's not who he is, but, and, and I think a good example of who Miro Haskinen is, if people can remember back is when Edmund came, Edmonton came to town 
and he went up against Connor McDavid. Yep. And and it, that wasn't going to be a physical battle, you know. And and I, I don't I don't think Miro's going to be a physical player. I think he's going to be a positional guy. He takes space and time away from great players, and he takes he has to be the player that makes the great players that he plays against move the puck to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Get, get the puck off a of Goudreau stick. Get it off of McDavid's stick. Get it off of Kopitar's stick. You know, those kind of players, you play head-to-head to them. The day of that kind of punish that kind of player, make it hard on them, be a physical game, make them want to quit the game and, and you know, pack up and say, I'll do it against the next team. That It's not like that anymore. And because the defensemen aren't like that anymore. And the game is so fast, you're 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 basically putting speed. His his agility is incredible it, with his feet. There's not many players that that can go step to step and hold a good gap like Miro Haskin is a bit able to, like a Connor McDavid. So, and Johnny Goudreau is a different kind of player. It's hard to play against Goudreau because he's a little water bug out there. Yeah. His feet move. He can he can change directions instantly. And the one thing that he does well is when he does change directions is he pulls the puck into it really, really tight into his feet. So when he goes from left to right or right to left, you can't even be thinking about when he goes from his backhand to his forehand, don't think about trying to poke the puck, just it's body position, have a good gap on him. And, and I think Haskinen is the best one to play against him. And there was a lot of times last night that Goudreau entered the offensive zone and he did not get the middle of the ice. He did not get to come down the middle of the lane. He was on the perimeter. And what happens when the players like that are on the perimeter? They get to around between the top of the circle and the hash marks, and they don't see something that they can create at the net. So they turn up. They pull, and they turn up towards the boards. And if you have your backside pressure coming back, your back checking forward, they, they basically turn into pressure. And it's why things aren't created. And so long story, you almost need a... I almost need a, a yeah, video to be able to right. show stuff like that. But, but, but it, you know, what you're doing is you're just taking their strengths away from, them. I go back to the tendencies. Here's what Goudreau wants to do. If we, the, again, the lesser of two evils, do I want to allow him to cut to the middle of the ice, maybe even get a little edge on me, take the puck to the front of the net and then, then bring people to him. Then he finds Kachuk. Then he finds Lindholm somewhere else or get him to turn back up towards his own end. When he gets across, gets to that hash mark area, He's got, he doesn't see any options. He turns up. Now that's a win. As far as I'm concerned, that's a win when you play against Gaudreau. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great perspective. And that's why you should listen to this podcast because Craig's been there and he can tell you these things and it's going to help you watch, you know, game three, game four. Um, My biggest thing, and I, I hate to, you know, because right now we're in the playoffs against Calgary. I'm just looking at the potential of a John Klingberg loss. And I think, those shoulders are going to get heavy where it's like, okay, now Miro, you have to be the quarterback. And I'm just not sure if he's that guy yet to be determined. Hopefully next year's a breakout season. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. I did want to hit on Jake Ottinger. I know you mentioned it and uh, you know, Craig, you know, I've been a huge proponent of, uh, of Ottinger. I just love the calmness around the net. I love that. He's smiling, that he's laughing, doesn't let anything really bother him. And, you know, he just has that Ben Bishop size. And, uh, you know, when you have the, like, big goalies, I'm always fascinated, you know, and it's a different style. 
But like you got an Anton Hudobin and, you know, he's flipping around the ice and, you know, making these spectacular saves. And then you get like a, a, a Jake Ottinger, which is a style where he's just going to make the save and he will flash every once in a while. But it's just a it's just a different style, and I think sometimes people get wrapped up in that style, and they're like, "Oh my God, he's all over the place." Whereas, like a nice controlled goalie, and I what I what I'm really impressed with is Ottinger's angles, his confidence. I didn't feel as though at any time he was out of control. I just felt like he's letting the game come to him. He does everything that you said is correct, and, and I think with with Doby. It's because he he he's not six four, right? Yeah, and he he's more of a reactionary goaltender, and he's a scrambler, he's a battler. Um, Tim Thomas his, is maybe, another one. Maybe his technique isn't as sound, and so and I think size has a lot to do with it. The length of Jake's arms and his legs allows him to look calmer in the net because it, it was like when Ben was playing, when Bishop was playing, like they literally have to take a a, a small push from their left to their right and their, and their right foot is yeah. already covering the post on the other side. Great point. They, Great point. They can be down on their knees, very similar to Markstrom. They can be on their knees, take away the bottom of the ice and everybody going, okay, all goaltenders play this way. You got to get the puck up. Well, now their shoulders are, are almost up at the bar because he stays upright. He doesn't hunch over like Jonathan quick. Jonathan quick is more like a, I don't know, like a, like a caterpillar or a cockroach or something where they, they kind of lunge at the puck and because, and, and by lunging at the puck and even taking your glove and lunging at the shooter, it cuts the angle down because the more you reach out towards the puck, when it's leaving the stick, it can't get up as quick. And so not no pun intended there, but, yeah, yeah. but Jonathan quick is that kind of guy. You find him lunging forward all the time because he's a smaller goaltender. So with the agility that Ben has, and he does seem calm. I, well, the part that I love the most about him, is how you, you always watch goaltenders they make a save and then they wait for the linesman to come back and they open up their glove or they flip it up and put it on the back of the glove and then hand it to the linesman jake makes a save and he throws it either towards the face-off circle where the face-off's going to be or he just drops it right in front of the net he's like guys i just did my job whiny yeah. Do your job now. Pick the puck up and go go to the faceoff. There is no waiting around for oh, where's that linesman? I'm gonna hand it to him. Right. I, I love that part of it. It's like, yep, just did that. I made that save. Now I'm going to refocus and I'm going to get ready for the next faceoff. Yeah. And I don't have no idea if he does that stuff on purpose, but but I love I love it. And it's the first time I've ever seen it where goalie makes a save. It came from his right. And then he goes ahead and he just kind of throws it over there towards that faceoff circle where the faceoff is going to be. Where every other goaltender, you know, they wait for the linesman to come back and hand it to him. So, but yeah, he, I mean, he's got all the tools um you know and again just think that if it wasn't for the things that happened to the other the three goaltenders that the Dallas Stars had this year he was supposed to be in the minors yeah. and learn how to be a number one and I think that he baptism by fire this year he learned how he had a few dips um but now at the right time of the year it's paying off for him and that's yeah. why if I'm on the other side of that just like what we just said and what you started with, I'm going, this guy's too comfortable. He's way too comfortable in the net. Yeah. Great point. And I do not want that. That's my focus. If I'm Calgary, I might find a way to bring two, three guys there. Now I know that there's a couple defensemen in there. The four of us are battling, jostling around. My feet may get tangled up and I might fall on that goaltender somehow. 
And when I fall, my elbow might come down the back of his head when he's trying to cover the puck up on the ice. Yeah. I might flip around and somehow I kick him in the side with my foot. Like it would not surprise me if you see a little bit of that. Cause right now, if I'm Calgary, that's one of my focuses is we got to get this guy to where he just doesn't make things look easy. Well, that that's why I, you know, I tweeted right after it happened, you know, I'm surprised there wasn't a bigger push against Gaudreau when he took that shot after the whistle. Now, Credit to Johnny Hockey. He immediately went to his ear and said, I couldn't hear the whistle. So, uh, but yeah, that's Johnny. That's Johnny. That that's a, that's a small player going, man, I don't, sorry. <laughs> he, you know, but, but again, this, this kid's been around for a long time. Yeah. He, he's a high end player. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, I, I just don't Now, Well, that's why I'm surprised there the, wasn't a bigger push. In the middle, even when they're in the middle of releasing the puck and they hear it, yeah. They let up yeah. they, you know, because their, their minds are so quick that their brains are connected to their hands. So unlike I would have ever come close to that they can, it's like, let's put it this way. It's like Tiger Woods. I remember one time, not a big golfer, obviously not a big golfer, but well, I golf, but I suck, but I'm not a guy that sits in front of the TV for six hours and watches golf. But I remember one time there was Tiger was in the middle of his backswing and he was on his way down on a drive and there some some fan did something and he stopped like on a dime where you know a lot of other people will just follow through with that and then blame the guy that did it yeah and so you know but that's what these great people great players can do because their their hands are connected to their eyes and their brains like like no others right well i i also think with with ottinger and you played big time college hockey at, at north dakota i mean there are a couple of things that I think add up. And yes, I mean, probably the AHL seasoning and being down there for an entire year, um, you know, last year, granted it was during the pandemic. I'm sure that helped. But at the same time, I credit, you know, Boston University, big time program, Hockey East. And then everyone said, you know, during the Stanley Cup, Jake Ottinger going in during garbage time. And I thought to myself at the at the time, when this was happening, this is not garbage time for him because he didn't let up a goal. You know, he made some big saves. I mean, granted, they were down, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, you're playing in the Stanley Cup. I think that experience in the bubble really helped him a lot there's as well. No, there's no there, there's no substitution for quality experience. Yeah. And, yeah, there there's not. I mean, I agree with you. And garbage time. Yeah, I, I think that's just – if it wasn't for the phrase, the way that they say it, you may not look that way, but it happens with a lot of goaltenders, you know, and, and there's a couple different reasons. They're like, Hey, we, we know he's our backup. We know he's young, but listen, let's get our number one guy out. And there's no reason to his confidence is, is shaken. Why give him a couple more that go behind him, you know? And, yeah. and so that that's usually the main reason, but, it, but yeah, the other side of the coin is, Hey, let, let's let this kid go, you know, because there's a reason that, that with, uh, the other night when, uh, who was it? Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, you know, everybody's losing goaltender. So I'm, you can hear it right now. Okay. I'm knocking on wood. So that's big keeps on playing. Yeah. So when, uh, Pittsburgh loses both their goaltenders and the Ming has to come in and, um, he made, uh, 17 saves. I believe it was when, when he came in against the Rangers. Uh, I think it was the Ming. I might get them mixed up, but anyway, yeah, it had to be because it was the other guy that it was Ingram that went in last night against uh, for Nashville against Calgary. So it was Louis Domingue and he was fantastic. And and so but now he's got that 
there, there's confidence from not only does the, the goaltender have confidence, it's the guys in front of them that have the confidence. Like when Jake went in and some of them instances, you know, when they, when they were back in the, in the run there, like the players were like, shit, this kid's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first three shots that go in on him. Okay. Now like, Oh yeah, Jesus. But you know, he comes in, he shuts the door, regardless if the other team wasn't going hundred percent because they were up by two, three goals. It doesn't matter. But the ones that, that were directed at that goaltender, he makes the saves. And then as a player, you're sitting on the bench going, huh, huh. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> when it comes to your starting goaltender, for whatever reason, injury, sickness, eat spicy pork or whatever it may be, and he's got a tummy ache and you got to go with the other guy, the kid, you're like, we're good. I mean, he mm-hmm. showed us what he's got, Yeah. you know, versus having the mentality of, oh, shit. You know what I mean? It it, it does it. It pays off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I felt like the St. Louis Blues a couple of years ago got that with, you know, their goalie. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie. If you're if you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And you get the confidence of your, you know, your teammates. And uh, I'm just excited for his future. And you look back at that Jim Nill draft. I mean, whew, pretty amazing getting uh, Hints, getting uh, Haskinen, getting Ottinger. All in the same draft. All in the same yep. draft. Yep. pretty pretty special and you need that as a general manager <laughs> now you gotta now you now you have to find a way to surround them with some some people that can help them yeah 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 a- a- yep. a- absolutely final question craig uh, i always like to end on a laugh you know you get into these seven game series and you kind of you know you spend a lot of time obviously on the ice with the same people was there an instance where there was a player that just you just chirped with every single game of a seven game series or like, you know, you shared laughs with and here we go again? Or was there a player throughout the years that, you know, you can look back, you know, fondly or not so fondly of? Are you talking about as an opponent? Yeah, as an opponent. Yeah, I, I would probably say, you know, again, I'm going back. People would remember these names. Peter the Stasny's Peter Stasny when we were in Quebec and the Montreal Quebec thing uh Kenny Linsman the rat in Boston oh, yeah you know but these are all players that were high en- energy they had they had a way with their game also but you know what again that, that that would to me that's a better question for the the really good top end players because I always had to be careful to chirp any player because I didn't because the, the odds were that guy could beat me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could, <laughs> I, I could, I could end up being on the wrong end of that, that one liner. And so I didn't, I always felt that I don't need to put any more gas on that guy's fire, regardless who he was. And I don't need him to have any more motivation um, than what we already have is in a lack of talent. And so I, I didn't need to do that. I would like to just go about my business and if I can make him uncomfortable through the course of seven games, then I did my job. Um, and frustrating. I, I think if it's more, you have to know who you are as a player and you have to know you have limitations. And like Mark Messier was another one. Playing against him was always hard for me. I, I would rather play Mary Lemieux. What, to me, was Mary Lemieux was, he is my toughest guy ever, in, for, in my opinion, that I ever played against. And, and I, you know, was out there a lot against Gretzky in the early days. And... So you, again, it's about tendencies, what those players do. Lemieux could had the strength, he had the skill, the hands, um, the brain, obviously everything. Um, you know, so, but I knew better to ever 
chirp those kind of guys. Yeah. You know, I, there were times I, I saw Gretz look at me and he got, and he would say things to me and, but they were in a backhanded way. It was a compliment. He's like, I can't get anything through you. I can't make that pass oh, to wow. this guy. You take this guy away and force him to do other things because I knew again, tendencies. I knew what they like to do. I knew what those players like to do. And my job in my mind was to not allow them to accomplish their A plan. I needed them to go to their B plan. And if I can get a player, and this is, in my opinion, this is for all defensemen, all players. If you can get a power play, an individual, a, fi a face-off play, if you can disrupt what they want to do first and make them go to, the, to their second choice and the game happens so fast, they have to go, okay, it's not there. I got to go to this play. Now that extra second or two allows you to probably, you know, put a wrench into what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, I end on this quote and I figured you'd appreciate it. Molly Walker tweeted, um, asked if there were any adjustments when there's a goalie change mid game from the New York Rangers. Ryan Reeves said you should ask a goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. A hundred percent. Well, I don't know who Molly Walker is, but I thought you were going to ask me a Johnny Depp, Amber. <laughs> I've wow. been glued to that thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> some interesting things. Wow. Go, Johnny, go. I'm cheering for a guy that, that needs another $50 million. I'm cheering for Johnny. <laughs> Just go out and buy his cologne. Support him that way, I guess, right? I got to be honest. I didn't know he had a cologne, but I'm yeah. sure that you would be the person that does, and you probably have it. In Are you telling me you don't, wear, you don't wear cologne? You wear cologne. I picture you like a high karate, old school polo dude. My cologne is sweat. I won't tell you what mine is. <laughs> I do not want to know. No, well, next time I'm around. Next time I want nothing. Next I got time a, I'm around. I got a game to play in two hours. All and the right. last thing I want is you in my my head anywhere. <laughs> next time when you're around, I'll let you sniff my cologne and you know, maybe I can let you use some. That's what buddies do, right? Well, I can tell you right now, now there probably won't be a next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's playoffs. Enjoy. I'm sure I'll text you and you won't text me back. And that's how we You're roll. Right. You're right. <laughs> but we will talk again for another playoff edition of Spits and Suds. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Go Stars.